Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Miguel Sanchez world. So today is it's a crazy day. Um, all started this week, but banks are starting to go under. And this is impacting crypto, but it's it's going to impact everything. I, I do believe everything's going to be impacted. We had we we're seeing the second largest bank in history go out of business, and um, the impact of that can can be uh, have a big ripple effect. And I'm already hearing a few different things that telling me that you know we got some decisions to make as people and um, as people with money and banks and, and crypto, whatever it is. So today we're going to just go over all the options and um, talk about what I see is happening, what I think is happening. And, you know, if you agree or don't agree, um, I definitely want to hear comments and, um, you know, reach out. Uh, but first, let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, first, retireyourbills.com. Retire Your Bills is a way to use cryptocurrency to retire early. I show people how to use their cryptocurrency to borrow off of it and pay their bills and pretty fitting with today's um news uh yesterday's news i'll explain why you know why i think this retire your bills thing is the future um but if you want to get involved just go to retireyourbills.com take the free training and you'll see what i mean second sponsor is metabronx metabronx is my startup accelerator we're starting our next cohort. So if you're a startup founder looking to raise capital, again, uh, pretty fitting for what I'm about to talk about. Um, but if you are a startup founder and you have a great idea and you want to understand how to raise capital and make that idea happen, uh, please check out metabronx.com and apply. Uh, metabronx.com slash apply to see if you can make it to our next cohort. And then finally, dot hip hop partners which I'm a dot hip hop partner, which just means I own equity in the TLD dot hip hop. TLD means top level domain. Top level domain means if you go to something dot hip hop, that, that is a website and you can own these domain names just like uh, 20 years ago, you could buy dot com and now dot coms are selling for a lot of money. Dot hip hop domain names may do the same. And if you have a hip hop business or a hip hop uh, entertainment um, career ahead of you, you may want to own your dot hip hop domain name. And of course, finally, we have Stack, which is my startup that I'm creating. And today, you know, we had some interesting, we had to have an interesting few calls about what our possible plans are because of this news of impending possible doom on the banks. So, Stack is a way to automate retiring your bills. Um, if you want to join the waitlist, go to stackit.ai to do that. And if you want to buy a domain name, go to get.hiphop to buy your domain name for your hip hop domain. So now let's get to, okay, the second biggest bank in US history failed yesterday, meaning it went out of business and people that had their money in there were insured they would get 250k the problem is silicon valley bank houses a lot of venture capital funds so when i tell you having a startup accelerator where we help startups raise money from from investors a lot of those investors have their money in silicon valley bank and actually when you want to raise funds from a, an investor it actually looked good on you if you had a silicon valley bank account because it could they could quickly send you the money and they understood you, you were in the know 
of the industry. So now seeing that that bank just went out of business, I see a huge ripple effect possibly happening, not just in crypto. I mean, it's, it is affecting crypto already, and we're going we're gonna to discuss that. But in the technology space period, because a lot of these companies that raise venture capital, they ha probably had Silicon Valley bank accounts. And now if you only if you're only guaranteed 250 K for some of these companies, that's like one week's payroll. So there may be companies that go out of business because of this. One of the companies that is being worried about going out of, not going out of business, but having an issue is USDC, which is a stable coin for the crypto industry. It's the most popular stable coin in crypto. And now people are worried about its future because it had ties to Silicon Valley bank and the other bank that went out of business this week, which is called Silvergate bank. So these two banks had heavy connection to crypto for two reasons. Silvergate bank was the crypto friendly bank, basically because of the way the banks work, money can't move as fast as it needs to, as it does in the crypto space. So what Silvergate bank was able to do was create this environment where they let money move faster for crypto companies. So a lot of crypto companies banked with them. They, they went out of business this week. So a lot of companies that were in bed with them are going to have issues the same way Silicon Valley. Then when I told you, like I told you about Silicon Valley bank, having not only crypto, but the tech space, a lot of people that just raised money and venture capitalists, they all had their money on Silicon Valley banks. So it, these are two major hits to the tech industry and crypto, but it all comes back to what crypto was created to, to fix. There's two industries happening right now. There's the trust industry and the truth industry. The trust industry is I trust that my money's good in a bank and that they're not going to do anything that screws me over. So I put my money in a bank. And as we see today, because of certain things, and, and if we want, I'll, I'll go a little deeper on what's happening actually and why these companies are going out of business, but also how it could impact other banks. This is not just to these, these two banks. The reason these two banks got hit first is because they deal in more fast moving industries. So the money flows faster in crypto and in tech. So they were hit first, but that doesn't mean other banks are not up next. And we don't know. I'm, I don't want to create fear, but the truth of the matter is nobody knows. We're going to find out on Monday. You know, I'm, I'm recording this on a Saturday because the news came out Friday night of, of all this, because of course banks close for the weekend and, and the, the markets close for the weekend. So they, they announced a lot of things after all that to slow the pain of people pulling out money. So basically Silicon Valley bank has $3 billion of USDC's coin of uh, USDC's treasury. USDC has $40 billion though, right? So 3 billion of 40, no, I think it was 40. Yeah. $40 billion. It's not that much. I mean, it's close to 10%. It's like 8% of their um, 
treasury was in Silicon Valley Bank. And if they're only guaranteed 250K, that leaves three billion, you know, plus of money that's not going to come back into USDC unless, which I'm already hearing, they are going to maybe give some of that money on top of the 250K back. Again, nobody knows. We're going to find out on Monday. But this has really impacted crypto and it's impacted the business I'm creating. It's impacted my portfolio right now because, and, and probably like most crypto investors, most people are in stable coins right now because everybody feared that prices would fall. So everybody started to get out of crypto and put money into stable coins and USDC was the main stable coin. So if this was a, calculated uh, attack on crypto, it was a pretty genius one, but I do believe there's going to be repercussions if this actually goes down. And we're going to talk about all the, the possible scenarios and then what you can decide to do with your portfolio, your money. So as I just said, most investors were out of crypto right now, waiting for prices to fall because the market was collapsing, the global economy's going down. And now What's happening with USDC is that bank account going under and possibly Silvergate as well is going to have a hit on USDC's balance sheet. So now there's a few things that could happen. And this is where you have to decide what you believe is going to happen and then make your decision based on that. One is USDC goes out of business. That's, this is the worst case scenario. I always like going to the worst case, worst case scenario first. USDC goes out of business and that entire coin goes offline. What, what that means, that would mean that would be a devastating blow to, to crypto period. Because like I said, whenever you want to get out of coins, most people are using USDC last month, Coinbase was actually making it. So they, on the first page, they said, look, you want to be in USDC coin if you're using stable coins because these other ones have risk. <laughs> so they basically let you convert your stable coin from whatever else you had to USDC last month, kind of telling people switch to USDC is the better one. And now, as of right now, you cannot even do anything with USDC on Coinbase because of what's happening and these banks going out of business. So this is, this is a, you know, an option, right? If USDC goes out of business, there are other stable coins, but here's, I mean, okay. So that's one option. USDC goes out of business option two, USDC comes back. So if USDC comes back right now, you can buy one USDC for 90 cents. So what some people are doing, people with big money, they are buying millions of dollars of USDC because they're going to make 10% gain on that money as soon as it comes back. And that's what most of the market feels like is going to happen. But again, nobody knows it's a gamble. You're taking a gamble no matter what you do, even if you keep your money in a bank, right? Because as we just saw, having your money in a bank is a gamble because what probably may happen to the 250 K that's FDIC insured is you don't, you don't get that right away. Sometimes it could take months for you to get that money back. So if you have your money in a bank and they go out of business, 
they don't just give everybody their money back. This is insurance. So they have to give people back through claims or whatever. I, I don't even know. This is the second biggest bank in history. Other banks have failed, but this is the second biggest bank to fail in history. It's kind of like significant. And I think there's possible more banks coming because what happened to S, uh, Silicon Valley Bank was the bank, this is what banks do. Just if you don't understand banks, they take your deposit. Let's say you put a thousand dollars into a bank. They take it, they take your deposit. They take your thousand. They lend it to the government and the government gives them like 5% interest. You could do the same thing. You, it's called T-bills or bonds. There's different ways of doing it, but T-bills I hear is the safest one. But again, I got to research more. So they give it to the government. The government says, okay, if you leave it with us for four years, we'll give you 5% a year on interest. So the bank is like, sure. Okay. So they take your thousand, they make the 5%, but then banks get to lend out nine more times the money you lent, you gave them. So now if I gave the bank a thousand, they gave it to the government, the government's giving them 5%, and then they get to lend out $900, $9,000 to other people, people that want to buy homes, people that want to grow their businesses, people that want personal loans, and they get interest on those people too. So now as a bank, you got your safety because you got the thousand sitting in a treasury bond or a, a T-bill or a bond where you're going to get your money back and then some, and then they created nine times more of the same dollars you gave to lend to more people and get interest on that too. But what's happening now is because of the rising interest rates, the money that they've given it's not, it's not doing as well because now their interest on their loans is higher. So the 5% that gain is going smaller and smaller. And once people start taking out money from the bank, the bank needs to sell some of those loans that they gave to the government. And when you sell the loan too early, you take a loss. So what happened with Silicon Valley bank was Wednesday night, there was like a, you know, in the no message that went out that said, take your money out of Silicon Valley bank. If you're a startup, take your money out of Silicon Valley bank, because some people knew it was about to happen. So people started taking their money out. But again, if you have your money in a bank, it's not like you can just take out a billion dollars. You have to go in or press the button on the website and wait for them to do it. So people were trying to take their money out. $42 billion came out the next day, Thursday. So what happened was now these banks had to sell these, these T-bills or bonds at a loss, billions of dollars of it. So they tried to raise money to, to cover the loss, but they couldn't. And then the business, the bank went out of business and now everybody with money in there is guaranteed 250 K, but this is the problem. The people that had money in there were not regular people. These were the venture capitalists that have tens of billions of dollars of funds that they raise from investors to give to startups. And then when you're a startup, you're somewhat expected to have a Silicon Valley bank in most cases. So then that investor could just wire the money straight within the same bank system. So now the investors are losing money and the startups are losing money. All these like high tech startups 
a lot of them were banking with Silicon Valley Bank. So this is going to have like job implications, I think, as well. Like I think a lot of companies, I just saw Roku had 25% of its reserves in Silicon Valley Bank. Roku's a pretty big company. So you got to assume it was hundreds of millions of dollars in there and they're going to only get back 250K. That's going to be a problem for Roku, right? And that's just Roku. There's some, you know, now news is going to start coming out of these companies. But I know from being in the startup accelerator space, a lot of companies have Silicon Valley Bank accounts. I, we used to meet with them a lot because we were in the startup space and we wanted have our have banking relationships in place for our startups. So when our startups raise money, they knew the path. So Silicon Valley Bank was a big deal. And for them to go out of business is scary. But how does it impact crypto? If coin, if USDC goes out of business because it had $3 billion in Silicon Valley Bank, I believe there's two things that can happen. People are going to now see this is the first time I think people are paying attention when a bank goes out of business. Second largest in history. The first, I don't even know when it happened, but I know the last time a big one died was the Lehman Brothers collapse of 2008, which created the big recession, right? So this is the second one in history. I don't know if Lehman Brothers was the first. I don't think it was actually, but I'll check that. I'll ask ChatGPT in a few seconds. Um, but the truth is, this is a big deal. And what they're saying is, the, this company, this bank is not the only one that has this issue. Because all banks do this. When they take your money in, they lend it to the government, and then they, they do other things with the money. They invest the money, and they lend it out. But what's happening now, as the interest rates grow, their interest payments on the money that they're lending and they're borrowing is growing and every bank does this they all have the same playbook the only reason silicon valley bank and silvergate bank were the first to get the hit is because they're in faster flowing monetary industries crypto and and tech so they there's the first to get the hit but eventually other industries might get hit too. So what is the, what do you do as a person that has money in a bank? Again, if you have less than 250 K, you know, you should be good. The problem is you don't know when you would get that back. Right? So if you got even $5,000 in a bank account and it goes under, that don't mean you get your $5,000 and they're like, all right, you know, thanks. No, there's a whole process. A, you got to go through a process to get your money back. I've heard sometimes you don't even get the money back for years. But again, we, I think we haven't been around long enough to see a real impact of this. The last time there was real bank runs was during the last Great Depression, where people would go to the banks like, hey, I want my money. And the bank's like, sorry, we can't, can't do it. Because a bank doesn't, remember what I told you in the beginning, a bank lends out nine times more money than it got in. And then that money that it got in, it gives it to the government. So it don't really have a lot of money inside of it. It's creating more money, imaginary money, right? And then what happens is if they do it too much and they go out of business or something like that, the taxpayers, because FDI insurance is the taxpayers paying that, right? So 
the banks keep screwing people over. And this is why crypto exists. Actually, the last 2008 was when Bitcoin was created. Bitcoin was created right after 2008 crash because developers around the world were like, how many times are we going to let the banks screw people over? What if we left this whole trust economy of trusting these banks to do us right by us and go to the truth economy, which is let everybody see what's happening on a blockchain and let's see what's truly happening. So now if we go back and we see, okay, which one do you rather be? Which system do you rather be in? You rather be in a system where you put your money in a bank that you have no idea what they're doing and they could go out of business anytime. And they were, they were not saying anything till it was too late. Right. The, the only reason this was known was because the venture capital community started telling their startups, Hey, pull your money out of Silicon Valley bank as soon as possible. But people couldn't get the money fast enough out. But if they wouldn't have said nothing, those people probably wouldn't have took their money out either. Right. So versus Ave, which is a decentralized bank, which is the one I teach about on, on retire your bills this morning and last night, they had a vote from the people who own the token and use the platform to say, what should we do? And we made the decision of what to do. We had full transparency. We know everything that's going on because it's on the blockchain. What system do you want to be in? And of course, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight to take, to go from the trust to the truth, but I'm, I'm trying to be a part of that fight and I'm, I'm ahead of it. I'm trying to teach people. I do believe this is the way they either will get their act together or die, right? Like those old world business models of pretty much screwing people over and tricking them into thinking it's safe. And then stuff like this happens and we are the ones as taxpayers that bail it out. We pay, we just pay more taxes. Like last, last time in 2008, we're the ones that bailed the banks out, not nobody else through our tax money. We paid all those banks that were going to go out of business. And then they made crazy bonuses off of that money too. So not only did they almost got our business, then the taxpayers bailed them out. But then they made billions of dollars off the taxpayers. So they created this scenario where they screwed American people over with the housing bubble. They almost went out of business. The government stepped in, gave them money. And then we're the ones that paid that government money because the government just raised our taxes to pay it. And then as we pay it, they recoup the money that they were about to lose and then much, much more. The bonuses were crazy. And we've been riding a wave ever since that. And that's what's crashing right now. Since 2008, the, the paying back of the banks grew the value of everything. Because then also what happened? They lowered the interest rate on companies borrowing money. So when they did that, companies borrowed a lot of money. And what happens in tech startups and technology companies is this is how... It works and how it's all tied into stock and everything. It's like a filthy system that crypto is really trying to get us away from. The way it works is if you are a startup founder, you have a great idea. You go to investors. Investors raise a fund, borrow money from rich people. So if I'm a fund manager, I borrow $10 million, 
$50 million from a bunch of investors. And I say, Hey, I'm going to put this into startups and we only need one or two to come back and win and you'll make all your money back. And then some, a lot of them are going to fail, but we only need one or two to come back and be Uber, Airbnb, uh, chat GPT, and we'll make all of our money back. So investors say, sure, here, take my money. What these, what these funds do is they take the money, they put it in the Silicon Valley banks of the world and they borrow against it and they give that money to the startups, right? So now the startups make it or most fail. 99% of them fail, right? So now all that money went out. The bank lent that to the, the venture capital firm. The venture capital firm pays it off over time, but the money's sitting there as collateral, right? And then how do they win? Let's say they do catch the Uber. What they do with the Uber is they bought into that company very early. So let's say they bought into Uber when Uber was worth $10 million, right? And they bought 20% of Uber at $10 million value. So they basically gave Uber $2 million, borrowed money, and Uber was worth 10. So they took 20% of the company. Fast forward 10, 15 years later, Uber is worth $80 billion. And this tech fund, now they won't own as much, maybe not 20, maybe they own 15, 10% of Uber now because you get diluted as more investors come in. But now you own 10% of an $80 billion company because every time more money comes into the company, the value grows. And then when they go public on the stock market, it grows even more because then the re retail investors buy it and grow the value. So, so again, one, remember you had a $50 million fund. Now Uber is worth 80 billion. And you, even if you own 10% of it, you made $8 billion once you sell Uber stock or for $50 million fund. So it doesn't matter that all of it was, most of it was failed if you just catch one Uber. So how all this ties back? The whole industry's goal is to make these companies more look like they're more valuable. So what do they do? They borrow more money to give Uber to look like it's bigger than it is. For a long time, Uber was the investors were paying for the rides. So every time you take an Uber ride and you see it's 12, 15, $18, it really was costing Uber $30 to give that ride because of all the costs internally and everything, but they still gave it to you for 15 and the investors behind the scenes would give the extra 15 by borrowing money. Why? So it could look like it's more valuable and the stock price can grow. So it's all very connected, right? And this is all like a very known system. The goal is make the company look more valuable so we can sell the stock to retail investors. Again, nobody knows what's happening though. You don't know this is happening. The only reason I know it's happening is because I work with startups. It's the playbook for startups. Make your company look more valuable. Don't even worry about how much money you make. Because the more valuable you look, we will make more money. It doesn't even matter. If you're making a dollar per ride, it's not as good as you growing to look like you're worth $80 billion. And then I sell my 10% of shares and make $8 billion. 
You know how many rides you need to make where we make $1, where we make $8 billion? It's better for you to just look like you're worth $80 billion than to actually be worth $80 billion. So that's where all of this financial system is like connected, but in the worst way for regular people, because we don't even understand what's happening here. This is powered by the banks, powered by the, by the richest people. The rich get richer, right? Because one, you can't even be in those deals, right? Like even if you had $10,000, you're like, all right, I want to invest in the next Uber. The government won't even let you. There's like laws against that, but they could do it because they understand the system, right? It's a whole system. So now what crypto was created to do was bring us out of that system and say, look, from day one, a company's going to grow. You're going to see, you can see what's happening with that company. You can see why it's worth what it's worth. The trades are happening on the blockchain. You can see what people, who's buying, who's not buying, who's selling. So you can invest in this company when it's worth $10 million. Sure. It's going to take 10, 15 years before it's worth $80 billion, just like Uber. But now we get the full transparency of that journey. Who's bringing money in, how it's working versus the other system where we don't even understand what's going on. It's all happening behind the scenes and we're not in, we're not in, in the, the, the room. So this is where crypto was like, let's go with the truth instead of the trust. And as we keep seeing the trust keeps screwing us over and, and it's going to take people to, to understand these pieces. And I know everything I just said is really complicated. It took me many years to figure this out because when I got into startup acceleration, all I knew was how to build things. So I would go to, to investors with, with people that had great ideas and we didn't understand the game. So we didn't get no investment because one of the big, <laughs> one of the big early mistakes we made was not telling investors we're on board with that plan to make the company look like it's worth a lot more so they can sell their stock later and make a ton of money. Our, our startup founders were like, no, I'm not selling the company. I'm going to give it to the people of the community. Like if I make a, a, a business that helps the community, I want the community to own it. Investors don't want to hear that, <laughs> you know, because that means they're not going to get their money back. They're not going to, if you end up being an Uber, you're not going to pay me back my $8 billion because you're going to be trying to make a dollar off every, every person. And then instead of selling, instead of letting them wait so they can buy it till it's public on the stock market, you're going to give it to the community. That means I'm not going to be able to sell it to the community and make my money. Right. So this is like super, it's super crazy. Like when you understand everything that's going on, it all starts with the banks though, because guess where the banks make most of their money? Poor people. Check this out. If you have under a certain amount of money in a bank, you get a service fee every month, right? Guess who's paying that? Not rich people, right? Cause rich people got more than that. So most of that monthly fee is poor people. Then when you look at overdraft fees, who's paying overdraft fees, not rich people, poor people, where do banks get most of their money from overdraft fees and monthly fees, right? So poor people are the ones funding these banks. And then when they fail, the government bails them out and guess who pays the tab? 
people that pay the most taxes, which again is guess who poor people, because if you're a person who has a salary, you're paying like 40% tax. So if you make 60 K a year, 70 K a year, 80 K a year, 30 K a year, you're paying 20, 34, no 30, 40% tax. Rich people don't pay 30, 40% tax. They know how to get around the tax system, buy things that make you pay less taxes. A regular employee can't do that. But if you have a business, I buy this as a tax write-off. I buy this as a tax write-off. I buy that camera. I buy this computer as a tax write-off. So I pay less taxes, right? And that's just me with my small little operation. Imagine the, the, the huge billionaires, what they're doing. So again, the, the banking system is a product created to mostly make money off of poor people and the middle class as well. Guess how they make money off the middle class. This is the filthy, this is one of the filthiest ones I've heard yet. Home ownership. So banks, how do they make money? Overdraft, um, um, fees, but also loans. So what's a product they could create that gives out the most loans, a 30 year mortgage, right? And guess what? Why not make it? So we make everybody want that. Let's call it the American dream. So now everybody wants to buy a home and have a 30 year debt to the banks. Most amazing marketing ever, right? So now if you are in a position where you're paying them for 30 years, you may not be able to keep a certain amount in your bank account. So you're going to pay the, the, the fees, right? The, 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 uh, monthly fees. And then if there's a month where you're struggling and you pay your mortgage first because you don't want to lose your house. But then when your car bill comes out, you overdraft, Hey, we make money there too. Right. And again, you have no vote in any of this because they decide everything. But when you come back to decentralized finance, there's no monthly fees. There's no overdraft fees. There's, and you vote on everything that happens in that world. The only difference is that you can't walk in to a bank and talk to somebody. And I think that throws a lot of people off that that's the fear because it's like, no, I want to be able to walk into my bank and them tell me no versus I see it through code and I could watch what's happening in the ledger that feels more uncomfortable. You rather understand that there's a person that's still most likely going to tell you no, but you just want that because the physical nature of how we view things makes it feel safer. But the truth is, as you see today, and you might see more next week, having your money in a bank is not as safe as you think. And, and I'm not saying take all your money out of banks. I'm not saying that. What I'm more saying is educate yourself on the options because what's happening now is most people are just, you know, letting be what is versus looking at what's coming around the corner to, to fix a lot of these problems, right? Like crypto was created in the last crash because these big banks screwed the country, got bailed out and regular people took the hit and America printed up more money to do it. So it started the inflation boom during that time because they had to print up more money to bail out these banks. So now guess what just happened with COVID? They had to print up more money to bail out the world, including us, of course, because we needed more money because people were not working. 
they printed up 40% of the total dollars in history during the last, uh, during COVID and, and beyond. What does that mean? That means the value of the dollar starts to go down. And you can see it as you go into stores and try to buy things, right? When you go to buy something, it's like, wow, they used to cost a lot less. The value of the dollar comes down. And a lot of people feel like, yeah, but at least I can see the dollar. So it's not getting stolen from me because I, I'm holding it. Again, physical. I have the physical dollar, so I feel more comfortable. They stole it from you without even taking it out of your hand by just printing up more. So if I say we all have $10, each one is worth a dollar, you hold five, I hold five. And then I go behind the, behind the scenes and print up 10 more dollars. I didn't take those five out of your hand, but now those five are worth a lot less. And that's what's happening. That's why they created Bitcoin. Because they said, we're going to make Bitcoin only a certain amount and nobody could ever print up more. So what I believe is going to happen is if, if this bank run happens and USDC and the stable coins go out, people are just going to say, okay, I get it now. We do need to be in Bitcoin. More people are just going to go to Bitcoin because they're going to say, why would I have my money in the bank? Bitcoin is actually safer than a bank. Why would I have my money in dollars? Bitcoin can't be printed up more. So I'm just going to put my money in Bitcoin. And yes, when I need to use it, I'll sell some or I'll figure out ways to borrow off of it. Like I teach people. But the truth is when rich people have more than 250K in a bank, it's not safe, right? So what do you think they're doing with the rest of their money? If they can, some, sometimes your business, you need to have that money there to use it. Like, like I told you, venture capitalists, but rich people buy assets because they're not going to have $10 million in a bank account. They're going to buy real estate. They're going to buy stock. They're going to buy crypto. They're going to do art, whatever it is, because they understand having your money in a bank, that this could happen. So, so never think just having your money in a bank is, is just super safe. It's really time to like spend time trying to understand all of this because this is scary, right? Like the second largest bank in us history dropped and more might come. And if you're just like, Hey, whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens that's, that's on you. Right. And, and again, crypto to me is the answer, but that doesn't mean it's the answer tomorrow. It could be the answer in 10 years. It could be the answer in 15 years. It can be the answer in 20 years. To me, I'm willing to ride that out. Other people might not be willing to. You got to figure out what your option is. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's um, you pooling your funds together with, with family members and friends and buying real estate instead of keeping as much money in a bank as possible, right? Because the truth is, you know, it's a scary, it's a scary time, but I do believe if we look at where we are in history, this is going to be a turning point where people have to educate themselves more. I already see it. Everybody was already somewhat educating themselves on stock a little bit more lately. Crypto has been blowing up. You see crypto everywhere. I was just in Venmo. Actually, one of my friends was showing me in Venmo, you can buy and send crypto. Robinhood, you can buy and send crypto. Cash App, buy and send crypto course Coinbase. But it looks like to me that the world is moving to the fastest way of moving money where it doesn't interact with banks. And that's what crypto does. The problem is when we actually want to spend the money, we do need to bring it back to banks. And that's where the stable coins come in. But again, 
Why do stable coins even need to exist? Because of the old world environment where we're trusting these banks to pay, settle our payment. In this old world where if you try to buy something today, it don't get settled to Monday, right? Versus crypto, if you bought it with crypto, it's settled today. You have the money today. Both parties have what they want in one day. Versus the old world where you're dealing with this old technology, old system. But because we have to interact with that old system is why all of this is happening. Because if crypto was able to operate outside of that, it wouldn't have as much problems. So the stable coins that are not based in America are okay today because they're not connected to U.S. banks. Again, which bring other problems. But the truth of the matter is the whole reason all of this is happening is because the banking system is filthy. Look it up. There's so much information about how banks actually work. And most people have no clue. And the, again, the ones who get screwed are the poor middle class. The rich people know. They know. They know and they use it to benefit them. But even they got screwed over this time, right? Because that Silicon Valley Bank, that's where a lot of the biggest companies have money. The biggest investors, people with billion-dollar funds, that's where their money was, you know? So we're going to see what happens. But the truth of the matter is, I look at it and I say, this is going to make people pay attention more and they're going to look at all the options. And now with things like ChatGPT, where it's not about feeling stupid about asking questions because you can ask a chat bot and it will answer you. So it's just about you, whatever part you don't understand, anything I just said, you want to re-listen to it and be like, what did Miguel say? Let me put it in ChatGPT so I understand what he meant. You could do that. And it takes you 10 seconds to learn something now versus... Before the information was hidden from you, like another big thing about the chat GPTs of the world is you got to know what questions to ask, right? It knows everything, but you didn't know, even know to ask what is venture capital? Cause you didn't even know what that industry was. It most likely if you're not in it, but now that you know about it, you can go on chat GPT and ask and learn. So that's where it's up to us to each go on our own individual education journey to figure out the things we don't understand till we understand them. And if you don't understand what happens to your money every time you make it, you're going to have to work more years of your life. And that is scary. I'm going to end with a story that just happened to me. I was going to a, a school last week. I was going to a school because I was doing a judging thing. Kamsai High, shout out to Kamsai High. And I didn't want to park in the street. So I took an Uber. Cause it's sometimes it's hard to find parking. Took an Uber, get in the Uber. It's like a mid seventies, late seventies woman is the Uber driver. And I'm like, yeah, Monday's going to be interesting for sure. And I'm like, wow, this woman is really old to be driving Uber, but I didn't, I didn't say nothing, but she started up a conversation. So, you know, me retireyourbills.com. So I'm like, why, why are you Ubering right now? You know, like, I didn't say it like that, but I'm like, why are you Ubering? She was like, my husband died and Social Security is not enough. And I was like, whoa. This is a white lady, too. I'm not even talking about minority. White lady, grandmother age, and then some. So I was like, how long have you been Ubering? She was like, like seven years. 
I was like, oh my God, so you started in your 70s. In my head, I didn't ask how old she was. You never ask a woman how old she is, right? So I'm like, wow. And I was like, do you do you make enough to cover your bills, right? This next logical question. She was like, yeah, I, I do okay. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't make a lot of money. She was like, actually, during during the COVID year, I made like eighty thousand. I was like, you were driving during COVID. She was like, I had to. I'm like, yeah, but you could have got sick and died. She's like, I had to, or I couldn't eat. And I'm like, whoa. And and again. Maybe it threw me off because this was a white lady and she was a boomer and boomers had it the best. They, they, they had a lot. And so she said, she said this to me, she said, I'm not a poor woman though. Don't think I'm a poor woman. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not adding up. Maybe you're losing it. No. She's like, I own a, a, a $1.5 million apartment in Manhattan. I'm like, what? So sell, so I literally was like, so why don't you just sell the apartment and live off that instead of Ubering? She's like, I don't, I don't want to sell the apartment because what am I going to do? Real estate is crazy expensive. So if I sell it, I'm going to have to pay taxes. So let's say I sell a $1.5 million house apartment and I got to pay 40% tax right there. It's about half gone. So now I got to live off 700, 800,000. Where am I going to buy something for seven, 800,000 in New York? She's like, even in the Bronx, it costs a lot. And I was like, it's she's like, then I still got to work too, because it's still property tax. And I'm like, this is scary, man. This is scary. Like this is a person who had it the best, the best generation has a million dollar paid off apartment is only getting social security. It's not enough. So she has to Uber. That is scary, scary stuff. And this is why I'm saying, like, if you look at all of your options, I do not see how crypto is not a very big part of it because you put your money in stock, you have to sell it to use it. You can't easily borrow off of it. If you put your money in real estate, you're going to have property tax and property tax grows with the value of the house so or the property. So unless you're renting it out and you can raise the prices, it's going to become a burden. So also the woman was even saying, she was like, and this car that I'm driving in right now, I have to borrow it. So she pays $400 a week to borrow the car to Uber. So I'm like, so how much you stay with? She's like, not that much, but at least I can eat. And I'm like, Oh my God, because basically, and I didn't want to ask too much. I was just letting her speak, but Basically what's happening is wherever she's the property, she got maintenance or property tax. That's probably where her social security goes and she needs extra money to eat. So she Ubers and like at least close to 80. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy because most people are not going to have a million dollar home. Let's be honest. Like most people in America are not going to have $1.5 million home in Manhattan. Right? So what happens to those people? Right. And then Uber is an option right now, but there's already in Austin self-driving taxis. Look it up. It's already happening. There's cars going around without people in them that take you where you got to go. What? And she said it herself. She was like, thank God that this is even an option for me. So think about that, right? Like she's even able to rent 
a car and Uber and make income versus what will be her option once Uber is self-driving? Right? Like my dad was even telling me he went into to Home Depot and the, the, the people working at Home Depot are looking older and older. And he's like, there's like really old people working at Home Depot. And I'm like, this is, this is something you're going to start looking around. Now you're going to see is a lot of older people having to work and they're going to raise the, the, the retirement age to 70. So it's going to get more, it's going to get worse and worse. And once you retire, like I've been saying, your cost of living has to come down because you're going to make less money unless you've invested the right way. But then when you think about what are the options to invest in, I just told you stock, told you real estate. Gold, that's another option. But again, gold is not going to turn into a lot of money. Maybe, who knows? But I don't think so. And again, where are you going to put gold? Like, you're going to put gold in your walls? Like, I don't know, right? I I really, I really think crypto was created for us to get out of this screwed up system. It's up to us, though, to understand the screwed up system and the way this new system was created to fix the old system. It's not just price go up and down. It's technology and it's ways of running businesses that is different than the current scenario and situation. That's very not transparent, right? It's very not transparent. We find out last, like I told you, guess who found out first that Silicon Valley was going out of business, the venture capitalists. And they warned their startup founders that they gave money to. They didn't tell everybody, they didn't tell you and me. If we had Silicon Valley bank accounts, we would have just been screwed, right? Because again, it's an inside game and the inside is only played by rich people. If you're not worth more than a million dollars outside of your home's value, because your home doesn't count. If you, have, if you live in a million dollar home, you are not considered rich. You're only considered rich if you have more than a million dollars outside of the value of your home then you can be in this inside game, right? And that's what I saw when I started getting into startup investing. And this is why I like crypto so, so much because that whole thing was out, of, was out of question once. If you saw a coin that you like, like when I told everyone about Matic, Matic was worth very little money. We were able to be early investors in Matic. And that's, that was a huge come up for me personally. And I know a lot of people I speak to is always, are always telling me, man, you called Matic and that made me a lot of money. That's how rich people do it. But again, that was only possible because crypto, I couldn't tell you about some other tech startup, even though I see them because I work in the space, but I can't invest in them either. You gotta be worth, you gotta be already rich. Again, there's laws that are changing for that. But crypto just changed that whole world. And then on the rise up, because like I told you, the way these people really make their money is when they buy it, when it's the, 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 the lowest market cap value, and then they, they do things to make it go up in value. Then they put it on the stock market and then we're able to buy it. So like when Coinbase went public, I don't know if you saw Nas made like $250 million, right? I don't know if you saw that because Nas had a VC fund again, has money that invested in Coinbase when it was worth like $10 million. 
by the time Coinbase went public, it was worth $500 billion. So that early investment turned into a lot of money. And Nas' team sold it at that top, made all that money, and then we were able to buy it. And guess what happened with us? We bought it that day off of people like Nas and all those other investors that bought it early. We took that money. We took our money, bought that Coinbase stock. And then guess what happened? The price fell, right? That's, that happens almost every time a new company hits the stock market. It goes to the stock market. We buy it. We call the retail investors. We buy it off the early stage investors, basically making them rich and the price falls on us. The, the way it's supposed to work is you hold that for many, many years and it, it should go up. But in the short run, you're buying off of them. You're buying off the founders. You're buying off the early investors who bought it when it was worth pennies on the dollar and then you're buying it for $50 off of them per share and they have millions of shares. That's how this system works and it's all powered by the banks, right? This is all borrowed money. The banks are involved, some of this stuff too. So when you look at this whole system, it's, it's really bad for regular people and the more you understand it, the more you can like remove yourself. It's not going to be easy to just totally remove yourself. Even with everything I know, I'm trying to remove myself and this USDC thing kind of is, is affecting me because I had a lot of money in USDC because I thought that was the way out. But guess what? USDC is connected to the banks. So there's really no way out of dealing with that until crypto really separates if it ever will, who knows? But it, I, what I believe as a technologist and as a person that's learning finance at a rapid rate, there's almost no way that the current system continues, right? Like it just keeps failing the poorest people and the, the poor people are the, the most people on the planet. So if we figure out, and I, I, I call myself poor too, because there's rich meaning 1% and then there's everybody else. If you're not in the 1%, you're poor. I don't care if you make $5 million here and then, you know, you sell a company for $5 million right now. That don't mean you're in the 1% because that $5 million is not going to last you forever, right? 1%, their money's lasting forever. So if you don't have money that's lasting you forever, you're not in the 1%, right? You could earn 1% of wages one year, like, or, or five years. But even what I've seen, again, being in this space of people with money, even rich people that have $5 million exits and sell companies, they still got to work because their money's not lasting them forever. So they're not rich. They just have a higher, you know, overall um, overhead, right? They still got to work, right? And, and that's where it's like, what if you can make the bills you pay make you wealthy. And it's just going to take time for everybody to understand that. And that's part of everything I'm talking about. I just think, you know, I'll leave it here. Here's what you should educate yourself on if you don't already understand it. Understand what happens to money, period, when you make it. Every time you make a dollar, what happens to that dollar? How, how does it move? How does the value shrink? It's on purpose. Every time you make a dollar, if you hold a dollar over time, the value is going to shrink. So rich people, 
understand that and they move their money into assets that go up in value. How, how fast they go up, that's different based on each asset. Understand now what assets you enjoy. Retirebills.com. Um, understand what assets you like and what assets you can afford. This is why I'm teaching people about crypto because not everybody can afford real estate. Everybody can afford stocks. Everybody can afford crypto. My thing is, I think crypto is going to grow faster than stock and you can borrow off of it without asking anybody. So those two factors make it so if you put money in crypto and it grows faster, and then when you want to use it, you could borrow off of it instead of spending it. Those two things right there have a, are going to be a big impact on your retirement. And again, research even what I'm talking about there or go to retireyourbills.com, sign up for the free training. I'll explain it more. But those are the big things, right? Because these banks, as these banks fail, you know, I know it's scary. What do you do with your money? You got to decide. You got to look at all the options. They say it's safe to lend the money to the government and T-bills and they'll get 5%, but you got to have the money there for a certain amount of time. So, so you got to be able to say, I don't need this money for a year, two years, five years, six months, whatever it is, three months. There's different lengths. But I don't know who could do that. Who could say, not a lot of people could say, hey, here, just take my money and I don't need it for like a year, six months, whatever. Most people don't want that, you know? And then it's like someone was telling me, so should I take my money and put it under my mattress? That's a whole nother risk, right? Like there's, there, everything is a risk. You just got to decide what risk you're willing to take and take action because look, that, that night, they, they let everybody know. And I posted something because I was starting to hear rumblings. I tweeted, I need to find a way out of America when it comes to what I'm building because America is going to mess this up. They're going to they're gonna screw up crypto companies trying to control it. I'd rather just be in another country. The next day, it started really coming out. And now, you know, there's certain, there's certain coins that I'm hearing are might go totally out of business. Like there's a big coin that starts with an X that might go totally out of business because of the Silicon Valley bank thing. Not financial advice. None of this was financial advice, by the way. But the truth is we're, we're in a scary, we're in a scary time and it's up to you to educate yourself and do what you got to do for you to protect your, your money, your family and your future. And I, I tell you right now, I personally, I don't see how crypto doesn't come out better off after this actually, because what are we proving? The old system does not work. It's not for us. It's for other people, let's just say. So why not support the system that is being built for everyone in the world? Not even just poor people in America. Crypto is being built for every poor person around the world to have the same opportunity as people who the banks were built for have with the same services. But again, if you're just looking at it, oh, the price goes up, price goes down. I don't like that. You're missing the point. That's not the point. The point is the technology and the way it moves money around the world and gives you the same ability as a filthy rich person. If you don't understand that, you're going to miss the opportunity. You know, and it just is what it is. That's what always happens with people that just don't know. But now we live in a time where you know. You, you're hearing me talk. You're probably hearing other people talk. Go on YouTube. I'm not the authority. Do your own research, right? Go 
listen to other people talk about it. Listen to the good, listen to the bads and then make your decision. That's why I say it's not financial advice. It's up to you to decide because your situation is different than mine. When I told people to buy Matic, I was able to leverage crypto to buy it. You don't know my situation. You have your own. It was up to you to say, hey, I'll put in a hundred dollars. I'll put whatever, but you don't know the second I sold it and made money or didn't whatever. So that's why when you make a decision, you have to understand the full length of that decision. What am, why am I buying it? When am I selling it? If it doesn't come back, what's the impact on my life? Don't just listen to people and be like, Oh, Doge, Doge is going up. Let me buy some Dogecoin. That, that's going to be bad. And right now we're going to see, we're going to go through a time where it's going to be more and more scams because now when markets go down and, and economies get bad, it's when the scammers pick up the pace, you know? So you got to really understand, make your decisions and go, but don't just listen to someone and do something, research it, understand it. If you don't understand it, don't do anything till you understand it. And I, and of course I know some of this stuff is really complicated, but again, keep doing the work. Even if you're just listening right now, you're doing something right. It's better than just like putting your head in the sand and being like, Oh, we'll just see what happens. But next step is getting on these, these, you know, Google, YouTube, chat GPT and forcing yourself to understand more. It's never been easier. Literally type three words and understand something now. Type it in Google, type it in YouTube, type it in ChatGPT, and you'll get a bunch of set of knowledge from three different tools that you have access to. And it's up to you to take that time and spend it because, you know, you're going to be really upset if you, you could have done something and you didn't, you know, and then when, when all the economy and stuff comes back and there's going to be people that, that did well, could have been you, you know, you People do well because they have information and they act on it during times where things are, are very, are very, um, shaky, right? Like if things were perfect, there wouldn't be opportunity because if things are all nice and, and, and everybody's happy and safe, there's no, there's no opportunity there right now. While things are shaky, this is where everybody made their money last time in 2017, there was a whole bunch of this happening. And people bought Ethereum, people bought Bitcoin. And this run, last one that happened, all those people became millionaires. I, I wasn't one of the people that bought in 2017. I wish I did, but I didn't know what I know now. I didn't study it like I studied it this time. There was Google. There was YouTube. That was on me. I didn't do the research. Now I have. And let's see what happens. And um, hope I hope you do the same. And thank you for watching or listening whenever you did. Uh, and again, retireyourbills.com. If you want to learn more, free training. I send emails out explaining a lot of this stuff uh, for free. So I'm telling you, this, this is a big deal. And you want to pay attention because I do believe the next version of the finance industry is going to be crypto in some form. It's just a matter of time. And the longer it takes, that means the more money you get to put in so when it grows, you make a lot more. Have a good rest of your weekend. Bye.